I'm Anish, uh, founder and CEO at uh, Capillary. It's a rare opportunity to speak to a founder who has spent a decade and a half building his startup and taking it almost till the IPO stage. Anish Reddy is one such rare founder that your host Akshay Dutt had the pleasure of interviewing. Anish worked for a couple of years after graduating from IIT Kharagpur and then quit his job to start up. And despite being naive and clueless about how to build a business, they managed to bootstrap capillary and even managed to raise funds for it a couple of years after starting up. And while you may think that this is a happily ever after stage, the roller coaster journey is only starting. From making mistakes due to too much fundraise to the near death experience of the pandemic, Anish has many more stories to share, and that is what makes this episode truly special. Stay tuned and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app to hear the war stories of some of India's most resilient founders. A quick note for our listeners, this is a two-part episode and you are currently listening to the first part. You can access the second part on the same stream. NTC used to be the first employer. Uh, so when I joined ITC, I thought that those two years were extremely um, uh, uh, full of learning, uh, right? So, and ITC does this thing with you where they put you in all these roles where, you know, you're like absolutely not qualified for that role, <laughs> right? So my first job was I was running maintenance for a cigarette factory. Uh, and so my average 35 member team the age of that team was, the average age was 53, 54. I was a 21-year-old. Uh, and, you know, it was mayhem, right? I mean, I, and so that team actually cut me into size properly in life. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, a good. Uh, they take great care of you. Like, I mean, you know, uh, I think a, a lot of the culture and capillary, the people first culture, uh, our ability to retain people for many years, uh, I think kind of comes from ITC in a lot of senses. Uh, you know, so, uh, I mean, ITC, the, the, the way they take care of employees and the team is just incredible, right? So, uh, Did you meet your co-founders also there? No, actually, my co-founders, my co-founders went to Kharagpur with me, right? So, uh, Krishna, who was my co-founder, used to stay two rooms beside me and uh, at, uh, at, at IIT and, uh, uh, KK and I were also the co-founders of the entrepreneurship cell. Right. So we, we had set up the e-cell together as well. So, uh. and then Ajay, who's our third co-founder was right across the building, you know, the next, I mean, in the same hostel in the other block. Right. So, uh. and then of course, Anand, Abhijit, who you met, a uh, bunch of folks are all all Kharagpur uh, gang in that sense. So, mm, mm, mm. But, uh, how, how did you end up getting together, deciding to quit your jobs, uh, to start up? Uh, and, you know, this was not a time when starting up was cool. You know, it, it was probably called as doing a business instead of doing a startup at that time. Yeah, a couple of funny stories there. So, uh, you know, so it was actually uh, Krishna, who was my co-founder, and my Vingi uh, from IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So he was at Microsoft Research. Uh, I was with uh, uh, that was in Bangalore. I was with ITC in Bangalore, mm-hmm. right? So this mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and life was very hard, right? So it was like uh, I, I sometimes joke around that 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 one year at ITC was harder for me than this running capillary, you know, which is. Uh, because what happened was, so I was the maintenance in charge for this process plant. So there are like 50 machines in a row. If one of them stops, the whole plant stops. Right? So you really have to run that place well. Right? And, and, uh, and I, you know, and we would get a maintenance downtime on Sundays. Uh, and so my Sundays were working. I would generally get into the factory at 8 in the morning, leave at 9 in the evening. So it was just like, uh, you know, and having set up the ESL and having, you know, done a bunch of stuff in Kharagpur, I was not able to answer this question of purpose. Like, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, so it was, I remember it was Krishna's birthday, Jan 19th uh, of 2008. 
we both got super drunk uh, you know and uh, i was scribbling about boss parane mein kya kar raha hu life mein uh, and uh, <laughs> and kiki on the other hand was also in that mood and luckily for us uh, you know i think we were probably the first generation where we didn't have to send any money home right so all the money we were making was either going into a mutual fund or <laughs> or getting drunk up right so so it just seemed like you know the kitha chalo kuch karte hain right so that's kind of uh, and uh, we didn't have like this big business idea it was not like both of us had spent a lot of time and we knew what we want to do so we went the uh, investor way of saying let's pick two sunrise sectors and do something in between them and as those sectors grow we'll grow with it right so we read a bunch of these mckinsey reports which said telecom and retail are booming in uh, in india uh, and retail was just starting to happen right this was when the mono brand license was being given out blah 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 uh, so, so what, pick those what two sectors mono brand license sorry so retail till 2005 6 in india was uh, a licensed business right so uh, so in 2006 or 7 i think the government said uh, Uh, if you're a Levi's or if you're a large mono brand, Benetton or Puma, uh, you can open your own stores. Okay, so a Walmart uh, can't open uh, because it's multi-brand, but a Levi's can correct. open because it's a it has its own brand correct. basically. So brands can open stores basically. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how actually retail started off, right? And then then Walmart came and did a tie-up with Bharti, and someone else came and did a tie-up with someone else. We'll run the back end, you run the front end. you know so we are supply chain guys you are the retail guys all that stuff right so so that was one sector that we picked the other sector we picked was the mobile story you know that uh, so um with that went back to the same isel we uh, we started uh, and we started the isel there were two things we did differently uh, uh, one was you know we got a corpus of about 5 crores from dst which uh, the dean srik dean dean of the sponsor research cell I'd really got that five crores for this, he said. Uh, What is DST? Uh, Department of Science and Technology. Science and Technology. Okay. okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah. so he got to DST and got a five crore grant where the first a hundred startups from Kharagpur would get between five to fifteen lakhs to start up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so this, this was, was like you, you were spearheading this, uh, getting this grant and all that, like the the process around that. I mean, like he did most of the heavy lifting. To be honest, the way the ESL got formed was most student stuff happens under the gymkhana in in all educational institutes, right? All IITs. We knew the gymkhana has no money and has no clue about all this, so we went to the sponsor research cell. So the ESL actually in Kharagpur is run under the sponsor research cell. Very unique structure, like you won't find that anywhere else. Uh, and when we went to him and said, "Look, we want to set up this ESL." Wanted to do this uh, stuff, and you know, we couldn't do this hobby kids thing. Uh, he then said, "Okay, that sounds like a good idea. Let me see if I can get some money from somewhere for you guys, right?" So, so with two things we did very different. So, one was this five crore grant. The second was uh, we said if anyone starts out within two years of uh, leaving Kharagpur uh, and their startup fails, right, you can come back and sit for placements again, right? So. And that second thing worked out beautifully because that was how I convinced my dad that I will live two years of my life. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so, you know, so went back to the ESL, got a fifteen lakh uh, uh, seed loan. It used to be a loan where if the company did well, you had to pay it back. If the company didn't do well, then you write it off. Uh, but uh, the Kharagpur got like IIT got like four percent of the company for as. Uh, So, so they sold half of it for a million dollars plus now. Uh, so the IT has made significant money. They also continue to earn a small half a percent in capital even now. Uh, so that was kind of how it started, right? So got some money, got some interns from Kharagpur to build our beta product. Both of us, uh, because we didn't know what to build, we spent the first six months just meeting everyone we knew in retail, everyone we knew in the mobile world, and asking them, "Look, two kids from IIT, we can build good software." Tell us what you want us to build, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For our luck, Karthik so, uh, was the software guy because you were not a software guy, right? Krishna was a software guy. KK, Krishna, sorry, uh, Krishna, Krishna was, was right. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. KK was uh, KK was was in rank two or in rank three in campus. Uh, the joke on campus used to be that uh, 
KK can type faster, uh, can code faster than we can type. So this was, so we started off on, we incorporated on August 11th of 2008. Uh, hmm. uh, actually, so the reason that and it is important. This was on is, the side with ITC or you quit your jobs? Uh, we quit our jobs, right? So KK was on a two-year contract with Microsoft Research. So that ended in August. Uh, I walked in into my process chamber and told him, look, I'm quitting. By then I was, I moved to Calcutta. I was in the head office, Virginia house then. Uh, so I walked in, I think this was end of July or early August. And I told him, look, I want to like go. Uh, and he was, he said, look, nothing doing like what startup, what happened, I'll like, continue here, right? So. By the way, Sanjeev Rangras was the uh, was my boy. He's a very prolific angel now, you know. So he's a very prolific angel. A lot of the ITC mafia kind of all took money from Sanjeev, right? So he actually took three four days to sit me down and say, "This is like a suicidal decision. Don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, know, you were uh, probably the one who changed his mind about uh, future employees who would have come to him saying, "I want to quit to start up." Oh yeah, yeah. In, in fact, he 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 made me serve the entire three month notice period. So uh, August eleventh, we founded. September eleventh, Lehman Brothers tanked. This was two thousand eight, if you remember. Uh, most opportune time to start up. Uh, the stock markets were down, uh, right? So the retail. Retail in India just follows the stock markets. Your if the mode is good, sales are good. If the modes are bad, sales are bad, <laughs> right? So uh, as a net result, when we were going and speaking to a lot of these guys in retail, saying, "Look, uh, so we would actually go into a mall, go store to store, and ask them, look, what should we build for you, right?" So, and uh, a bunch of them would connect us to their head office. You know, a bunch of them would be owners in stores, just telling us, "Look." how business is, all that stuff, right? So luckily for us, given this Lehman Brothers tanking and stock markets tanking and retail sales down, a lot of these folks told us, I look, uh, our customers aren't coming back to stores. Uh, if you bring customers back to stores, we'll pay for it. Right? So, uh, and so our next question was, do you know who your customers are? Uh, uh, to which most of these guys would answer that, look, like, no, we don't know. I mean, retail was typically the trader mindset, right? Saman kharido, dukan mein dalo, and it'll sell. And so they would say, look, no, we don't have a customer database. Very few would have. Uh, the, those who would have would be running a loyalty program. And they would say, look, customers don't want to fill this long form. You know, they don't want to carry the card. Even if they carry the card, they come back and say, my card, I've lost the card. Right? So it seemed like that whole, we met about 50 people between August to I'd say December of uh, 2008, uh, at least 30 of them said this was a problem, right? That needed a, a solve for. Uh, um, and so, you know, that's kind of how we like took, we kind of fell into the whole customer loyalty and engagement space. Uh, uh, it was also the recession, right? So no one wanted to pay us. Back then, if you remember, the model was license offer, right? You would charge a fee. Um, mm. Yeah, you charge a fee yeah, and then you twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, so a bunch of these guys told us, "Look, we can't buy servers to install your software. Neither can we pay you anything upfront." There are these marketing agencies who work for us who charge us a monthly fee. So you know, you charge us something per month per uh, store that you work with us, and you know we'll pay that, right? So, and again, unproven startup. So no one wanted to give you the whole estate. They'd say we. Two stores, five stores tried out, uh, yeah. right? So, oh, what kind of brands uh, were these? So, so, our first customer was uh, really uh, Future Group. They had this uh, company in Bangalore called Indus League, which is you know Scholars and Indigo Nation, and I mean brands which don't exist now. We all know what happened to Future. So, uh, but back then they were at kind of at the peak, right? So, that was our first customer. Our second customer was Madhura Garments. You know, which is Arthur Fashion now. Uh, so actually, the the mass brands, which is People and Peter England, there. Uh, you know, we were we were this. So what we did, uh, Akshay, was we said, look, you don't need to fill a form. We'll have a small software that sits on the billing computer. It will pull out data from the POS that what did this customer buy. It shows to the cashier saying, enter the name and mobile number. You know, when you go into a lot of retail stores now in India, people ask you, right, name, mobile yeah. number, and then the billing starts, right? So. 
Typically in our case, you also take the name, but uh, you know if someone if there's a queue behind you, they skip that, uh, right? So so name, mobile number, and and you move forward, right? So so the advantage was if 10% of customers filled that form, you know here 85, 90% of people sign up very quickly, right? So the it's it's mobile numbers, so you can't get it wrong. You know 0.5% you get it wrong, but 99.5% you type it right. Um, so that was, uh, and because it's a mobile number, I can drop an OTP like a bank and use that for any coupons or offers or redemptions or, or stuff like that, right? So so, so that was really the uh, basic use case which which we started uh, uh, back then, right? So, uh, so, so these two guys, uh, I remember the conversation with the lady at uh, Industry. She said, look, can't buy software, like we don't have money you know, can't uh, buy a server. So luckily for us, that meant we used, it was actually my credit card, we used the credit card to buy some space on Amazon. Uh, and that's how we started. You know, so we've always been on the cloud from day one. Luckily, we didn't have to go through that headache of going from on-premise to... The second advantage was this recurring revenue type model. Uh, we had not heard of Salesforce or SaaS or any of that stuff back then, right? So it was just a... a because marketing agencies charge at, you know, uh, <laughs> per month. And because our customers weren't willing to give us all the stores, we said, okay, we'll charge you like $50 a store a month. Hmm. Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. And that's kind of how the business started. Yeah. So uh, this would need you to uh, create a, like a billing software of your own or were the existing billing softwares, uh, did they have like API integration available in it so that you could... Uh, uh, reside within the existing billing softwares that companies used? Actually, that's a very, very uh, good question. I must say, I, I like... Uh, mm. So, back then, I mean, this is 2000, uh, 2008, actually. So, no APIs and all is like more 10 years old, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. APIs have actually happened in the last 7, 8 years, 6, 7 years, I would say. Mm. Like, mm. Uh, back then, there was no no billing software would have APIs and all that stuff, right? Mm. So, mm. So what we did was we had this uh, screen grab software. Oh wow! Okay. You know, so <laughs> so when the when the store guy would then the customer walked in, the guy would scan all the stuff. So the billing software. So he would stop at the screen where he is going to submit the bill, right? Then he would press a key in our screen, like you know, Control Alt Delete, Control Alt Z. You know, I, yeah, I think it was Control Alt Z or something. We had one key the guy had to press. Uh, and at that time, we would capture the screen. Uh, and on the screen, you have the billing amount, you have what this guy's bought, you know, all that stuff, right? So we would kind of screen grab that, uh, read it out, do our eject, and, you know, then our screen would come up with saying, enter the name and mobile number. Right? So it was a total hack uh, with which we kind of got in. So uh, essentially, this would be on the screen where you already had all the items that the customer has bought, the discount, the bill value. That, right so uh, so at that point our, our our screen would come up it would screen grab it would kind of read one of these our libraries which was printing to the uh, the device right to the monitor and pull out saying you know uh, 300 rupees 20 percent discount these three items is what the customer has bought right so you kind of get the bill level value and our screen would come up then the, the staff had to just enter the name and mobile number and the radio button saying age and gender, right? So uh, age and gender. Uh, and and that's actually pretty much 90% of what data you need to run a good CRM, right? So, uh, so, so yeah, so it was an API-less world, but our hack to it was this this uh, screen grab type thing. Uh, so, in fact, our, one of our first customers, this was uh, NPSing at, uh, uh, I mean, like, uh, NP Singh was the CIO at Atibirla uh, Fashion. Very nice guy, amazing guy. Right? So, and so, but we would sell to business, right? We'd go tell the business guy that look, uh, we'll increase sales or we'll help you build a CRM. And we didn't know about this whole CIO structure in these large organizations and all that stuff. So it was Atibirla group, uh, and so they signed up saying same thing: people, two stores, go do it. Peter England, five stores, go do it. Uh, right? So. 
and of course we didn't know all this it org and some it guy so we would walk into a store the operations guys would have called the store guy and said look someone's going to come to install something let him install right so <laughs> we would install that our piece of software there and so this ran like this for a good 6 months there and then suddenly one day we got a call from mr np singh's office uh, who was the cio so he called us and he was furious you know obviously like you have literally walked into these stores and installed a piece of software and you're basically collecting customer data <laughs> and his org doesn't know about it <laughs> so he he actually uh, he's a great supporter now you know kathipulla fashion is one of our top 10 customers even now more than a million dollars in years what they end up paying us he took us from just the those brands to all the fashion brands then to pantaloons then to more but the first time we met him he said look boss you're like viruses <laughs> you just came in uninvited <laughs> install your sets on our system <laughs> and then you keep sending data out yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was when but, he got but, you know, shopper <laughs> were these stores working on the internet uh, like they were internet connected oh yeah they they were internet connected uh, if not real time they would send data uh, once a day uh, in the evening and we built our software also that way that if you were real time then we would send you real time if you were once a day we would send once a day but you know that way i think the advantage of indian retail was because these were new stores and because it was just happening you know uh, like like i i think tech wise they they're much better than what we later saw in the us or uk where oh my god it's like really archaic uh, okay. store systems mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay interesting and uh, so that is one part of data in you also need to run engagement activities to get the customers back and then you need to show some evidence to your customer that you're generating return on what he's paying you how did you do those things you know so uh, i think answer a very good question actually so look i think back then uh, we were told people want pay for software in india and yeah. you know all that stuff right ki look yeah. uh, it will uh, yeah i so mean our, they were treating so, you like a marketing agency so obviously they were not looking at you as a software player they were looking at you as someone who will get them more business yeah right so so what we ended up doing was uh, now and we were signing up pilots right two stores five stores so only if it worked will you like uh, so the model was uh, we would kind of if, if 80% of your customers signed up to the program right uh, and you know whenever we ran a campaign whether it was email sms a print at the end of the bill whatever right you would see 3 4% redemptions right uh, so typically it would end up being a, a 3 to 5% increase in sales for the brand uh, you know in 3 to 5% increase in sales for the brand is a very good number right uh, so that kind of became our selling pitch we would go in and say look try it out for 3 months the first two months is to build the database by the third month and we would do a lot of this real time so if you went in and bought only two formal shirts i would give you a coupon of a, a, a jeans right then or a trouser right then right so and the idea was that look uh, like you know most brands want you to buy one more item in the store next time you come back to them will only be 3 months later right so if i am able to give you a 10% off and get you to buy something more uh, that's like clean extra margin right so so typically a lot of these guys would end up seeing a easy 5 to 10 times roi on margins on what they were spending on us uh, so, so our pilots converted to like full rollouts like very very quickly right so because they were making money it was a pay as you go type model you know very quickly you would see these guys saying hey why don't you roll it out to more stores of us right so uh, so it was really an roi led roi led sell which made us uh, otherwise i think uh, if it was a quality led sell or something else mm-hmm. i don't think we would have made it through uh, those first few years mm-hmm. yeah. so uh- how did you uh, give a coupon uh, on like uh, on the printed bill like like you were uh, integrated with the billing software to add a line at the end of the bill which was getting printed out or like so we do one of two things one is we would send you an sms in real time saying look here is uh, a coupon code you can use in the store uh, the cashier would also tell you like we would show it to the cashier saying 
for this customer, we've given a jeans offer. For this customer, we've given a trouser offer. He wouldn't know the code to actually do the redemption, but he would know that. So he would also prompt you saying, sir, you bought two shirts. You know, only for you, we have this offer on our jeans today. Right? So, uh, and in some cases, you know, where the printer was accessible through the OS, you know, and the, the POS was not locking it. Some POS is lock POS, the lock. Uh, we would print out like an additional coupon, right? So you print, you cut the paper and then it's like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, how did you uh, read uh, the items, the SKUs? Like uh, you would have to read the SKU that this is a shirt uh, and we should therefore offer a coupon for a pant. How did you build that intelligence? So on the screen, you would have the SKU code. Right, because that's what is going to get printed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right, and when we started with that customer, we would get their product masters. You know, so you kind of hence knew the product master, you knew the SKU code. So the rest is like simple logic, right? Okay, so uh, and this was uh, like a reasonably quick uh, part to cash. Like, like it was not like you had to invest a lot in building a product before you could start seeing cash flows come in, uh, like it was not something which you needed to do, like a lot of fundraise for to, uh, at least in the initial days. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I told you, right, I had my co-founder or someone who could uh, type faster than you could, uh, sorry, code faster than you could type. And uh, KK had this thing that he was like, I would abuse his skills totally. So he was pretty sure that we would uh, write a piece of code only after a couple of customers signed up. You know, so so our first product was really a PPT, which we would go on and tell people this is what we want to do. And, um, and as I told you, we raised that 15 lakh seed loan from IIT, right? Uh, and, and both of us in general had a very good name on campus. Uh, you know, we were generally regarded as these good kids, honest people, won't take you for a ride type folks, uh, right? So... So our first product was built by five interns in Kharagpur, right? And uh, this was final years uh, uh, or third years. Uh, we would pay them 5,000 rupees of uh, stipend a month. This was 2008. You could live a king's life in 5,000 rupees on, like my whole semester's pocket money was 4,000 rupees. You know, and we were paying these guys 5,000 rupees, right? So I think that... All those five guys either run a startup themselves now, very well-funded, or are very senior guys in a Google or a Microsoft, right? So and, and, <laughs> so, uh, so, we started writing our, our first line of code only after uh, Future signed. Uh, I still have that uh, agreement that they signed, right? Okay. Wow. wow. We pay you 2,000 rupees per store. When did you guys start taking... Uh, that's a good question. So one thing we did, uh, Akshay, was between Krishna and me, uh, uh, we told ourselves that, look, we didn't want to take a lifestyle cut, uh, you know, and uh, all that. So we said, look, for two years, we won't be able to make any money. Uh, so at least let's save that much up before we start up. Right. So uh, back then, you know, ITC used to pay some six and a half, seven lakhs a year. So in those two years, I had saved up some six and a half lakhs, 50% of what I had saved up. Uh, Krishna also, I think it was eight lakhs was what Microsoft Research paid. These were different days, right? They are the best salaries on campus, but that was what you got. <laughs> so so I think for a good uh, a good 18 months, I don't think either of us paid uh, uh, salaries to ourselves. So uh, yeah, 18, 24 months. So, like, like, by the time you were able to pay yourself salaries, what kind of monthly revenue were you doing? Like, 18, 24 months down the line? Yeah, so we started in August. So, the first year of revenues was some one lakh, uh, forget it, tribes revenues, right? So, barely anything. Uh, the second year, which was 2009, we did 44 lakhs in revenues for the full year. Uh, right? So, uh, and... Uh, Actually, um, yeah, I think when we started paying ourselves salaries, we were probably doing about 10 lakhs a month. You know, and I, 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 I remember we were paying ourselves some 25,000 rupees a month uh, in salaries back then. Yeah. Uh, your uh, cost would have been uh, like 
maybe a, a salary of some tech folks, the server costs and uh, some sort of sales and marketing costs to get more clients in. Correct, correct. So it was largely that we that 15 lakhs that we raised from IIT lasted us from August of 2008 all the way up to uh, January of 2010. Wow. Okay. That okay. and that and the one lakh credit card limit. Two <laughs> lakh credit card limit. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you did raise your first round. Uh, in like towards the end of 2009. Uh, so uh, what was the need to raise? Like, uh, uh, did you want to invest in more tech to grow faster? Or like, like you know, uh, tell me about that. Like the, the first uh, institutional fundraise that you did. See, look, I think, I think we didn't, uh, to be honest with you, we didn't come from the world of, we were two kids who were having fun. Right. And, and when we started capillary up also, at least, uh, you know, my goal was saying, look, let's make the same money. Let, let us be able to pay ourselves salaries and have fun. Right. That was the basic premise of, uh, uh, of, uh, so, uh, so actually angel investments happened to us. We weren't looking for it. Uh, in fact, most of the money we've raised happened to us. We weren't looking for it. Right. So, uh, we were actually more focused on saying, look, let's build a business. So uh, we were hiring, you know, uh, if you remember 2009 was one of the worst hiring seasons ever, uh, right? Because deep recession, subprime, this, that. And we would go to bits and we would go to some of these colleges and get people at like 20,000 rupees a month here. Brilliant people. Like a, a few of them are actually, I mean, have gone on to found unicorns and stuff like that now. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just the time, right? And, uh, and and we would stay on the first floor of the house. This was a bungalow and BTM, uh, BTM layout. All of us would stay on the first floor, eight, nine of us. The ground floor is where we would work. Uh, you know, and it, it was great, you know, and, and the, that building had one nice coconut tree and a great rooftop. We'd all go sit and have a beer together in the evening. Like, it, it was... <laughs> It was amazing times, right? So yeah, those, uh, those were like your garage days. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like the garage days, right? So, uh, yeah, so so that uh, so what happened with us was, you know, um, we started in Calcutta. We didn't start in Bangalore, uh, and we realized that in Calcutta, people won't pay money for anything, you know. And our first couple of customers were in Bangalore, uh, so we moved to Bangalore in June of uh, two thousand nine, uh, right? So. Uh, and Bangalore has a great ecosystem, right? And I'm very grateful uh, that it does. Uh, so we we then started attending some of these, you know, back then Head Start used to be a, a, a big uh, open coffee club and Head Start were the two watering holes for entrepreneurs back then, right? So, uh, and there was one of these Head Start events where uh, it would be Saturday morning ritual, go, uh, go to a, a thing, right? So, uh, and I think the Karthi, who used to run Qualcomm Ventures at that point in time, was came as a speaker in one of those head starts. We were launching this Qualcomm Q-Price thing globally and, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, and he was basically there to invite startups to participate. Uh, and the next day, that Sunday was the deadline to send your PPT in. Right? So, uh, so. <laughs> So it was a 50 lakh cash price. 50 lakhs is a lot of money back then, not now. Uh, but uh, and uh, like where they would get some, you know, convertible for like 50 lakhs and stuff. So uh, so he spoke about that serendipity. We were there that day. Uh, so we made some very quick deck, quick and dirty deck, and and sent it to uh, sent it to whatever applied, right? So. Uh, I think this was August of 2009. Uh, September was when, you know, they shortlisted. We were, in the, we were in the last 10 that they wanted to go deep on. Uh, and um, uh, like there was whatever, there was a presentation. And then we were luckily the only guys who were making money in that thing, you know, because our, our model was this 2000 rupees, 5000 or something. No? So we were at a one lakh, I remember we were at one lakh in monthly revenues. At that point in time, we had Future Group and Altebrilla Group as customers. 
and india yeah, they're all the two biggest brands in india basically at that point in time so yeah. and, and you could see the pricing model was this first store it was growing uh and we ended up winning uh, q prize right so uh, we ended up winning q prize uh, so that was like 50 lakhs and qualcomm then did this good thing of doing a lot of pr right first time they were doing q prize uh and they did a lot of pr so suddenly we had a lot of people approaching us saying hey we want to invest you know and and uh, and then qualcomm also did this thing of taking us to the us for the and for the global q prize thing uh we came second globally there uh that made us meet a bunch of other angels in the us uh you know as a net result uh, one thing happened after the other and we ended up raising a half a million dollar round uh in january of 2010 uh you know it was a it was a 3 and a half 3 million pre half a million dollar uh round uh uh till then you know all the vcs we had met were still in the camp of saying no one will pay for software in india these guys are wasting their time you know so so we i mean although we met a few vcs by then uh but none of them had really uh, put in any 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 money as yet mm, mm, so, mm, mm, mm. okay so how did that uh, half a million change your trajectory like what happened after that like once you won the q prize and got that money in i thought i thought it helped in a, a few places it definitely changed the trajectory of the company right so uh, one is uh, we then started really investing in tech till then it was still this intern model a few people from here there uh, uh, the second was it finally gave us some money to also go travel meet more customers right so till then i remember like uh, 2009 uh, i would i would st- for the first four years of capillary uh, you know which is 2008 to 2012 i actually didn't have a house for rent uh, because i would stay at my friends places at uh, iit kharagpur friends places in all these cities uh, we never booked a hotel room uh, right so it was just extremely frugal like i remember even in delhi uh, if i had to go from gurgaon to delhi i would take one of those shared autos you know so it was like uh real frugal right real real frugal i mean it was a lot of fun uh, but all i all i would do is take one bottle of alcohol when i had to go to someone's house and stay there well so uh, so the way it changed for us is uh, hiring improved greatly uh, yeah. Yeah. we are a well funded startup now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we definitely uh, we then realized that there were more people like anish and kk who were wanting to do more than their corporate jobs uh, so that was kind of our hunting ground uh, so we would go smell out people like us uh, from a yahoo from an oracle from a png uh, you know uh, who were willing to move and work with us uh, right so so other than both of us and anand who is my co-founder now no one else came on a salary cut and capillary you know i mean if you remember these were days when starting up was like my dad this is a story i think is very funny for the first 3 years he would we would go to a marriage or we would go to a party my dad would tell them he still had itc only <laughs> you know so there was this i i i keep joking around with him that I, i i think you know the joke was that uh, he didn't understand the difference between self employed and unemployed yeah <laughs> it was yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 true yeah <laughs> so uh, so we were able to pay salaries now so we could match like a yahoo salary which was by the way not very much then right it was 7 lakhs a png salary which was of course anand came at a discount like he we could pay him only 5 he was at 10 lakhs so uh, But, but, uh, but why were you hiring yeah. from PNG for uh, doing sales? Yeah, sales operations, right? So uh, uh, things like that, right? So yeah. So so uh, in fact, I remember Karthi had to speak to uh, someone's father-in-law. Karthi was our investor from Qualcomm. He was on the board uh, back then. He actually speak. He actually, I I requested him. You know, can you speak to these guys? 
ఫౌండర్స్ my value in the tamil marriage market will fall yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he actually right. didn't end up joining he right. didn't end up joining right so it was it, it was quite a grind to get people to uh, good people to join right so, and this 3 and 1/2 million definitely helped uh, help there uh, right so uh. and uh, what about the product it stayed the same or how did the product evolve yes yeah, so the product evolved a fair bit uh, you know we we um, i think we we initially only had a a, a ui i mean a browser based thing we then went into like actually adding a, a like a in store client something that sits in the store and then communicates to the cloud uh, we also added you know the campaign tool on top so that the campaign running could be automated we added a small bunch of reports uh, also yeah the the product evolved a fair bit i would say you know but but i must say a lot of the money unfortunately in india uh, because people take like 3 months to pay a lot of the money really just went into working capital you know the the second year from 44 lakhs we grew to 3 and a half crores in revenues uh, you know and and you know i i, I think the like we basically consumed a lot of money as just working capital in that process yeah 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 and uh, like uh, how did you grow to 3 and 1/2 crore like it is like all like a 8x jump uh, this was through more clients uh, and like or existing clients more uh, outlets both both takshay so we we had a model which scaled with uh, with uh, as you added more stores right so and so i, I used to be the struggling sales guy i would spend two days in mumbai two days in delhi two days in uh, bangalore that kind of stuff and uh, uh, given we had an roi model right so our, our sales pitch was a very simple one that look your your uh, downside is protected you're running a pilot at 50000 rupees right so your downside is protected uh, and if this works you have an upside of like 4 5% additional revenue for yourselves right so that would be like our cookie cutter pitch right we would go into a meeting and tell the guy look here is how this works this is the math uh this is by the way worked for all these guys uh you know they want to pilot so we would not even try selling a full full thing we would just say look uh, uh a pilot and then you know it would work for itself right so that was the original scaling model and but you were still largely india focused yeah yeah till till 2011 we were only india focused our our first international revenues came in only in like october november of 2011 so what yeah. made you want to go global this 2011 Again, is when you did 3 and a half cr yeah so 2000 fy10 which was let's say 2009 2010 was 44 lakhs 2010 11 was that 3 and a half crores uh, right so uh, 10 11 was 3 and a half crores yeah 10 11 was 3 and a half crores so uh so so at that point in time we we you know we were already working with the puma pizza hut and some of these large uh, multinationals right so and and actually the puma and the pizza hut guys said look uh, uh can you solve the same problem for us in a singapore right so uh and we had another customer we were pitching to in the middle east who also had a business in singapore uh uh i mean you know it was all through connections a lot of serendipity there uh, and the same solution would work right we were essentially doing a consumer crm uh, you know using loyalty as a base to collect data uh, and and so that's how really uh, uh, singapore opened for us so anand who was then running ops for us in in uh, uh, in in uh, in india uh, running sales and ops and then Uh, another friend another wing of mine lalit joined and both of them moved to singapore to set up the uh, singapore office pizza hut kuma being the first couple of customers there so uh, yeah so so our customers took us out 
Now, once this happened, it's when people, I think, and the VC community started waking up that look, uh, hey, this is an international story. It's not just Asia. Uh, I think the next year we went from some three and a half to, uh, I think, roughly about 10 crores, if I'm not wrong, 10, 11 crores uh, in revenues. Uh, that was when Sequoia and Norwest and all of them came in uh, and did a... Uh, did a did our series a right so, about 15 million dollars series a 16 and a half million you know back then series A's used to be series A's used to be like 1 million half million 5 million not even five actually it was one two million right so uh and we got 16 and a half uh out of that four and a half million was secondaries for you know the team the founders the early angels uh you know and uh 12 million came into the company. Uh, yeah, I was, you know, we were, I remember at that point in time when, when we got the term sheet, we were at 1.3 crores of revenues a month. Uh, we were burning exactly 5 lakhs a month. We were burning 5 lakhs a month. Uh, and uh, I mean, but, you know, there was, of course, the working capital side. When I'm saying burn was more EBITDA burn. Uh, but, uh, uh, and we, we got a term sheet to raise 60 crores, which is technically 100 years of burn. Uh, <laughs> and each of us made like more money than we thought we'd ever make in life because of the secondaries. So it was a, yeah, it was just amazing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. your father must have stopped saying you're still with ITC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I still remember even in 2011, 12, my dad sat me down and said, it's time to go to, go to an MBA at Harvard or. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, then uh, uh, after this, what next? Like this again must have been one of those uh, moments where like an inflection point for the company's journey, uh, the Series A. Uh, tell me like the journey after this. Yeah, so I think this is where we kind of messed up a little bit. Uh, you know, I think the first four years of the company was just an amazing breeze. Uh, uh, right, so... Uh, you're working on the best brands, the best employees, uh, you know. Uh, and this was kind of when, uh, you know, two kids in a candy store, uh, right? So, uh, like, KK, Mia, Jay, Olaf, Azanant, like, we suddenly had, like, a lot of money in life, uh, right? So, and and I don't think we did the right things then. Uh, honestly, till then, it was a nice business. It was India and Singapore, Uh we had a small office in Dubai, no customers as yet, uh, but just starting up in Dubai in that sense. Um, we had a lot of money. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of people said, look, hey, but India won't buy. You can't scale Asia. You should do the US. Uh, so, uh, and go more international. So that year, we ended up opening offices in Australia, Hong Kong, South Africa, UK, US, uh, um, you know, we kind of blew up 100 years of runway in 18 months. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and scaled absolutely the wrong way. We were about, I think we must have been 60, 70, 80 people at that point in time with this 10 crores of revenue. Uh, we grew to 400 people in uh, 18 months. Uh, we stretched everyone thin. We killed people. Uh, right? So it, it was very bad. It was very bad. You know, it was but, just... What was, uh, I mean, what would you have done differently with the wisdom of hindsight? Yeah, I would have picked one market and gone deep. I would have probably said just pick the US and go. Uh, you know, in hindsight, we did we did 10 markets, right? So we really stretched what was running like a good machine. Uh, it was growing very well. It was running very well. We took all those, uh, you know, players, put them in different markets. You know, we sent a few people to Australia, we sent a few people to uh, Middle East, we sent a bunch to UK, we sent a bunch to the US, uh, you know. And and of course, right, I mean, this was a small company. Uh, didn't have, like, our software was okay, but it was not built for, you know, like, every, like, we had, we didn't understand anything about tech debt back then that you need to rewrite your software every few years. Okay. Uh, we were kind of getting to scale, so it was not self-service also, I'm guessing. Like every customer would have its own unique journey of integration. Uh, like 
to onboard a customer, like there, there would be some sort of technical work which would need to be done to make it work in their systems and stuff like that. A couple of months of work, but beyond that, it was the, the stores had to input, right? You couldn't stand at the store and use the software. The store had to do it, right? So at least that part. So by then, I think we had almost like 10,000 stores which were using our software, right? So, uh, and we were still a cloud software, you know, cloud and then this client and the store, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and this was autopilot, like the uh, the owner of the business did not need to run any campaigns or anything, or all of those campaigns were happening in the backend uh, algorithmically. So that was the non-self-service part, right? So we would have a team of, for every 10 customers, we had one smart kid, you know, uh, one smart guy, uh, who would kind of tell them that, look, hey, you should run this, you should run that. And in most cases, uh, people would say, okay, can you run it for us? It was easier to run it. So you would just run it, right? So uh, that was the part that was not self-service. I think what we were doing really, Akshay, was we were creating this space called CRM for retail, right? So now if you look at most of our customers have a CRM manager who's trained on our tool, is certified on our tool. But back then, they didn't have account. They'd have a marketing guy uh, at best. Uh, you know, so as these started becoming large for them is when they started investing in a, in a loyalty team or in a CRM team. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, so we blew up all that money, uh, in short, uh, over the next, uh, we kind of grew from this, uh, 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 Asia grew very well. Uh, you know, us didn't, uh, uh, at that point in time, uh, right. So in fact, the one good thing that happened with us in that failed experiment in the US and UK was the quality of our product moved up like 10x, you know? So that happened, uh, uh, we almost ran out of money uh, uh, at that point in time, uh, hmm. uh, you know. Was it like uh, like a high stress, uh, can't pay payroll next month kind of a situation or like you uh, like had a- enough investor interest and like... For, for raising another round, like when you were running out of money? Yeah, so in, in our case, uh, we've come to not having 15 days of money in the bank uh, at least five times, uh, you know, uh, over the last uh, many years, uh, right? So, and needless to say, those are extremely high-stress uh, environments, right? Uh I must say that we, we've never missed paying salaries on time till now. Uh, uh, you know, like, thankfully, something or the other worked out. Uh, and we, like, you know, a bunch of angel rounds ended up happening on time. Uh, like, the Qualcomm thing ended up happening, this, that, right? So, uh, we've been extremely lucky as a company, actually. You know, so, I, I, I feel, uh, uh, you know, I think that, that 50% of luck part you know, really played out uh, for us uh, over the years, uh, time and again. Uh, so, of course, when when this when we were running out of this money piece, uh, so the Asia business had grown very well. You know, it grew from this $2 million when Sequoia uh, Norwest came into a $6 million recurring revenue business. So, that growth was there. You could see the growth, uh, right? But we were also burning a million dollars a month. Uh, so, you were a burning train. Like you were really burning money, right? So, uh, and most of the burn was in UK, US, uh, you know, like we were probably burning 600K there with barely any revenues, uh, uh, you know, 600, 700K there with barely any revenues. And you were burning a little bit in Asia as well, like let's say 200K, uh, and then there was working capital, right? So, uh, so the hard call was, you know, I think it was a stupid call. Now, 10 years later, I can look back and say, hey, what a mistake. Uh, but it seemed like the easier choice then to just shut US, UK and just double down on Asia. Uh, mm-hmm. right? So so we did that. Uh, but that you had no choice also, also, right? Like Because uh, you were running out of money to continue to run US, UK needed a lot more money. Yeah, you know, but there were other ways to do it, right? I, I think we could have figured a way in which we downsized the US, kept it going for a little longer Uh but as a net result, KK was uh, in based in the US. He didn't want to come back. He was in the valley, uh, so he moved on. Uh, Ajay, who was my other co-founder at that point in time, uh, like 
the stress was just too much and he was running india for us then and india is an extremely high stress uh customer cohort and all that so he burnt out so two two co-founders moved on uh we luckily uh um some of the folks who gave me a term sheet uh in you know our series a was this crazy 16 and a half million dollar round right uh we had three more term sheets which we didn't honor in that series a we had five term sheets in total so two converted two got together and converted went back to one of them uh uh and uh, uh that they were they were pretty keen to do something you know so uh so got a term sheet very quickly uh but by then you know sequoia and bob sequoia and norvest also were keen to do something so we just took money from them plowed through uh you know um yeah so that was uh 2014 i think uh, that, that must have been a like a time when you would have been questioning yourself also i mean both your co-founders in a way like moved on and uh, the the bet you took the direction you decided to take did not seem to be working at the time uh, like how did you get through that uh, that moment so actually you know it 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 uh, i didn't what was logical right which was invest money in the asia business cut all these other markets out uh, right so that actually got us to a great place in the next 12 13 months so you know the business was growing at 50 60% with a 10% EBITDA loss right so it really got into uh, shape in in some senses but uh, but um, of course you have you know when when you are in the dumps uh, you fight right you don't like at that point in time i just had anant who's always been with me for all the years now uh, he joined us in 2010 uh, right png and, uh, and a bunch of stuff right so there were a lot of folks who stayed back abhijit hmm. like you know we were very lucky to have that, yeah we were, we were lucky to kind of have the talent that we had uh, you know and and uh, uh, of course i was you know uh, really uh, that was the first time uh, i was down uh, you know uh, so my wife you know she's a big yoga practitioner she she's amazing at yoga so she towards the end of december she said look i think i want to do this yoga course let's go to rishikesh uh, right so both of us went for i think it was my first two week break in capillary uh, this 2014 and went to rishikesh uh, we were staying at this uh, ashram type place where you went yoga and then an hour of meditation in the evening uh, you know yeah so I, i think that that's when i really started getting into the whole meditation and taking care of yourself a little bit uh, more uh, yeah that was 2014 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that I mean, two-week break must have helped you. Like distance helps you see the big picture a bit better, I guess. Like, no, you're absolutely right. Right. So, uh, so and, and by then, one was of course the two co-founders moving. You know, we then raised money. The team continued. We were seeing growth. We were. We I think in 2014 or 20 around that time is when we won our first uh, million-dollar revenue customer. Right. So million-dollar okay. contract worth three years. Uh, so Which stuff is nothing in the business. This? this was a customer in in South East Asia called Courts. Okay. Uh, they let's say the Chroma equivalent of Singapore. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Right. So uh, so so stuff was happening. You know, there there was that momentum uh, in the business. Uh, hmm. We were the first few guys who crossed like five million in ARR uh, in this part of the world.
No, we didn't, right? So that was that was foolhardiness. Uh, you know, I was convinced that uh, you could build a large business in Asia, which I'm not mm. convinced now. Uh, mm. You know, so I did have this. I was I did carry baggage baggage uh, for many many years, right? So uh, and I justify saying, look, hey, but what right do we have in the to win in the US and all that stuff? And uh, uh, so only in 2020 when COVID hit. Uh, you know, COVID hit, uh, uh, by then the business had grown, you know, we were at 30, 32 million up from 8 million when Warburg came in, uh, all Asia revenues. Uh, and at a break even again, we kind of broke even in that Jan, Feb, March quarter of uh, 2020. Uh, how did you fix that? Like like you were at 100% debita loss. Uh, how did you fix it? Like It was just through revenue growth that it got fixed or... No, no, like, you know, uh, we were thousand people at that point in time. Uh, so this was, this was, you know, Wabba came in in 2016 ish, uh, right? So 2018 end was when we were at this, uh, growing at 22, 23% and at a, at a hundred percent EBITDA loss. Actually, I think 70% EBITDA loss, uh, right? So, uh, and, uh, um, so, Obviously, you know, uh, at that point in time, very thin on cash, uh, very, very thin on cash, uh, right? So, um, and we realized that our sales and marketing scale-up didn't work, right? Uh, and in the in the belief that the sales and marketing scale-up would work, we also hired local implementation teams in KL, Singapore, Malaysia, Dubai, like everywhere, wherever you can think of, right? So, uh, and so it was a thousand people company. Uh, at that point in time, uh, this was, I think, Jan of 2019. Uh, uh, and like all our investors looked around and said, boss, like, kya hai? Right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was retail heavy, uh, 90, 87% uh, of revenues were retail. Uh, we had some small customers in other verticals. Uh, what, what other verticals did you start like? You know, we, we had a few customers and consumer goods, one or two. We had just started to figure large groups. Uh, like a CRM for, uh, like a consumer good, like a Unilever would need a CRM? Why, I mean, why would they need a CRM? Like, So we work in GSK, right? We, in fact, work with GSK even now, where mm. uh, it was a loyalty program for the small retailer. Okay, 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 okay. Like right. the so, Kirana relationships. Correct, like okay, the okay. Kirana relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. type so you were engaging the Kirana store owners in the same way, like giving them coupons and offers and so on. And, and, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it, I mean, slightly different use case, but something similar, right? So, uh, so that was there. Uh, we had signed up with hotels, uh, you know, Royal Orchid, a uh, couple of them. So just started to get out of this whole retail thing. This was twenty early, 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 early twenty nineteen. Uh, we had the uh, uh, so the company was very fat. We were a thousand people uh, at that point in time. Hundred people in sales and marketing. Four hundred people. Four hundred fifty people in customer success and implementations. And you know, rather than running all those functions from Bangalore, we were running them from each country, right? So which kind of just made it really fat. Uh, uh, so 2019 is when we really re-engineered uh, the business, uh, the calendar year of 19. Uh, uh, we, we went down from, we said, let's look at what's working in the business, right? So large enterprise were working, uh, mid-market SMB was not working. Uh, we were spending way too much time on them, way too much money. Sales efficiencies weren't there. Uh, payment cycles were very large with those guys, uh, right? So uh, took that call that call to say look uh let's 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 cut mid-market and smb out uh let's just focus on large enterprise uh, mm. um, uh so mid-market would be like somebody who would have like stores in one city like a single city retail chain or something like that or let's say less than 50 stores across the country right so 100 crore business 50 crore business types right so uh Took that hard call, uh, you know, um, um, so did a bunch of this, uh, invested a lot in large enterprise, right? So one of a bunch of these very large, great logos. Uh, and on the other hand, cut this side, right? Cut mid-market SME. And, you know, so 
by the end of the year, we were at uh, a, a break-even. Uh, you know, so Jan, March of 20 was a break-even. Uh, business didn't grow much. It grew at 10% because we were really cutting mid-market SMB out and replacing that revenue with large enterprise. As there was this... Uh, so from the outside, it looked like you were, we grew 10% that year. Uh, hmm. But you bought cut your costs also. also. Hmm. Uh, the, we moved from a minus 70 in Jan, Feb, March of uh, 19 to a, a, a plus 3 in Jan, Feb, March of 20. Yeah. So like, uh, and the business was generating its own cash. Uh, it's a nice place to be, uh, you know. Uh, and that's when COVID hit. Uh, you know, so... March of 20 is when COVID hit. Uh, and so the first time really we didn't have a lot of cash in the bank, you know, because we were at break even, uh, it was running fine. And, and by then the business was profitable. So we had this debt term sheet for $10 million, you know, uh, but, you know, it turned profitable, right? So I don't, I didn't need equity. You know, so right. we had a, a term you sheet. You didn't want to this. dilute further by raising equity. So you were raising Yeah, debt. we had a dollar term, we had a term sheet from a fund in the UK, $10 million, uh, 5% interest. Very nice terms, right? Extremely nice terms. Uh, first two years moratorium, you pay a bullet. I mean, after that, you pay over three years. Very nice funding, right? So, uh, March 20, COVID struck. Uh, the, our cash flows fell by 80%, uh, right? So, it was, it was disastrous. Because uh, customers canceled the subscription? Because this was recurring revenue with contracts, right? Like, But this is Asia, right? And, uh, okay. and let's be honest, right? This is retail. Their stores were shut. Yeah, they yeah, were also yeah, struggling. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, they, they were also struggling. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Future Group went I mean, under. So. Yeah, yeah. So not only Future, a few of our like Robinsons, which was our largest customer in South Asia, went under. Future was a customer for us went under, right? So, uh, so and a lot of the others people who always paid us on time, right? I would be sure. Even they were struggling, right? I mean, their stores are shut. You have these. You have this massive infrastructure, you have to pay salaries, vendors always come after salaries. So it was, it was disastrous, right? So, uh, so and that debt uh, money, uh, had it hit your bank account? Had that deal been finalized or? No, it didn't. It's a very term shucks. sheet, diligence was done. Mm-hmm. Ernst and Young was doing a diligence, it was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The money had to be wired in the last week of March. Oh, uh, shucks, okay. <laughs> The world announced the lockdown like March twentieth. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, we had we had fifteen days of money left. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at thepodium.in. That's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m dot in.